Hello and welcome to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back to preview game week seven and as ever, there's plenty to talk about. My name is Chris Hopkins and I am joined as ever by the one match ban to my three match ban. It's Andy Case. Andy, how are you doing this lovely Thursday evening? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad either plenty to talk about as as always on these on these shows so uh so let's you know let's skip the banter let's just get get right to it shall we okay sure why not why not i mean i think there's you know i'm sure we're going to have plenty of banter later and in fact there's there's one player on our radar that, that, that we're going to have plenty to talk about speaking of which as ever on this show on our preview pro shows we will start by running down the fixtures and having a quick chat about this week's talking points then we will be featuring uh, some in particular, I think is, is going to have a bit of a debate potentially between me and Andy this week. Then we're going to be donning our trunks and swimming against the tide before we finish with captaincy picks and a little game called Who the Heck is Stat? And make sure you listen till the end because we've changed it slightly this week uh, to, to make it hopefully a little bit more interesting for our listeners. So without further ado, let's run down those all-important fixtures for game week seven, which starts on Friday night. It's an eight o'clock kickoff, so that means your game week deadline for game week seven is 6.30 on Friday evening, with that first game being Wolves versus Palace. Then Saturday lunchtime, Sheffield United, Man City, followed by Burnley, Chelsea. And then the final game on Saturday is a tea time kickoff between Liverpool and West Ham. Moving on to Sunday, it's Aston Villa versus Southampton, Newcastle versus Everton. The kind of potentially biggest game of the weekend, Manchester United versus Arsenal, is the 4.30 kickoff on Sunday. And that's finished off with Spurs versus Brighton. Monday night football, two games again this week, Fulham versus West Brom and Leeds versus Leicester. Exciting stuff. So, Andy, what shall we kick off talking about this week? I think perhaps last week um, we didn't really mention this, but there seemed to be, compared to some of the weeks that have gone by, there seems to just be fewer goals. And, and uh, do you think you know, perhaps teams are starting to settle in now as well? You know, I think we had you know a generally shorter pre-season for teams and for some teams it was even it was, you know it was even shorter so so do you think things are just starting to settle down are we sort of regressing to the mean we're not going to get many more seven twos one would perhaps think if, if if last week was anything to go by yeah it's really hard to know how this season's going to go because it's just so unlike any other um the fixtures are so sort of compacted so who knows what implications that could have down the line as well but at the moment yeah it does sort of look like maybe i mean it's only one week right where we've had a few fewer goals but um uh, it seems as though perhaps yeah defenses are getting back more into their rhythm teams are getting more settled and you mentioned you alluded to there like, you know, city and united particularly who who um looked a bit better midweek really in the champions league this week albeit you know neither of them looked great last weekend necessarily um in the premier league you, you you've got to have a bit of time for players to get to sort of full match sharpness and they didn't have a lot of time off in the summer um there's been a bit of rotation there's been injuries and things as well so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that all how that all pans out whether we get more settled teams whether City and United can both because both those teams in particular were sort of very good in an attacking sense um last season and towards the end of kind of project restart but then have both started this season not quite being as good kind of attacking wise and not really quite clicking into gear so yeah there's a there's a there's a lot to kind of have questions over, but um, it, it seems to maybe it'll be starting to go that way. And, you know, without talking endlessly about, I guess, City and United, because we do spend you know, a lot of time talking about them 
on this pod, um, you know, naturally because they're going to have FPL assets, and obviously you are um, a United fan. But um, we've spoken about Pep before and how he potentially psychologically may be, you know, more keen to win the Champions League than he is the Premier League, and and everything might be focused on the Champions League. And then obviously with United's result in in midweek, do you think that perhaps you know we we will start to see these teams? concentrate a little bit more on the Champions League or, or have their better performances in the Champions League? Do you think that's, that's you know, just focusing on those two in particular, um, do, you know, do you think that's something that we might end up seeing? I mean, it could well be. Uh, United under Solskjaer, with the way they've often set up under him, have generally produced their best performances against the big teams. So, you know, they're very they're very good on the counter-attack um, and that might lend itself towards doing better in the Champions League. Um, obviously, they've got a tough group um, this year, but that might have actually ended up working in their favour because of those performances against better teams. Obviously, they've got Leipzig and PSG, who both got to semi-finals last year and they produced good performances against both those teams. So, yeah, maybe that will that might mean that they, they will kind of... Um, end up end up kind of doing better than it, and 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 their consistency has been the thing that's been in question, and, and that's where the league really shows you up, right? That's where, um, you know, can they can they sustain it against all teams every week, bring their performance, and beat the teams they should be beating really on a regular basis, and then yeah, for obviously the reasons you pointed out with City, maybe maybe Pep might be more sort of motivated there, so be be an interesting one to see, and actually it's a fair reflection because that's kind of how the season's gone so far, is that both those teams have maybe performed a bit better in the Champions League than they have in the league, but I wonder if um you know there's a bit of a, a bit of an old cliche, isn't there, about if you have a good cup run it can kind of help you out in the league as well. And I wonder if them starting to get into a decent rhythm and having some decent performances in the Champions League can help them to find their stride a bit more um, regularly in the Premier League as well. I guess that's one for FPL managers to kind of keep a bit of an eye on. And then I guess you know, that's a nice segue really into our players on the radar. And, and as I alluded to at the top of the show, there is probably one player we might spend a little bit more time talking about than others. But, but let's focus on a different one to begin with, Kevin De Bruyne, who obviously you know, returned fully for Man City in midweek. Uh, I think he registered two assists. He, you know, as we've said so many times on this pod, he's Kevin De Bruyne. Like, we're not ever going to debate his ability or his quality or what he can bring. But, you know, his form sometimes with injuries can be a little bit patchy. But he seemed to be back to his back to his best in midweek. I guess we just need to see if he's going to translate that into the Premier League. Yeah, well, it's precisely that we, we've mentioned on on review shows recently how actually KDB is sort of, uh, and and we think it was a, it was just the last one where we sort of started to question really can you afford to spend the amount of money you need to spend on City assets um, if they're not going to be as guaranteed to return as they have been in recent years? And I think there are still those slight question marks. One good performance in midweek doesn't like remove all of those, which is probably why KDB's on the radar actually. If it wasn't for for um, you know, their their inconsistency this season, KDB being fit again would mean probably straight back in everyone's teams. But he's almost got to slightly earn that back. Not, you know, it, it seems a bit harsh to say because he's, he's ultimately like a fantastic player, but we just kind of need to see it first, maybe, which is why he's on the radar um, and not in the team yet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess... I guess it's it's a bit of a difficult one. You know, we have not you know, not spent time slating Man City, but but we have been questioning whether the outlay on some of their more premium assets is, is perhaps worth it. And uh, and yeah, I guess I guess De Bruyne in midweek put a you know put something back in our minds to to remind us how good he is. And 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 just in case anyone sort of has forgotten. And 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 yeah, I mean, I guess you know again without sort of putting you on the spot, I guess 
his performances in the midweek and the fact that he is ultimately Kevin De Bruyne would mean that if you're going to invest in one of them, he'd be the guy that you'd go with. Yeah, I think so. If if we we don't know how bad his injury was even still yet, even though he's back from it now. So there's a tiny bit of me which worries because he started midweek. Does that mean he might he may not start um, uh, at the weekend? But so we'll have to wait and see there. But um, you know, all of those things aside, if if in a few weeks time everyone's kind of fit or at least the main players are fit and we 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 we're confident De Bruyne is going to start whenever he's um, sort of available, then then he would be the first choice out of those options for City, I think, for me, yeah. Let's move on then and talk about one of our other players on the radar. And I guess this is this is the sort of the biggest one, the one that I'm sure we're probably going to spend the most time on. Um, I guess we have to talk about Patrick Bamford this week, following his hat-trick um, last week. I mean, I guess, you know, for some, it's going to be um, a debate whether he should be on the radar or whether he should be going in straight into teams. I guess we've always had our doubts about Bamford, so I guess you know I'll kick off by asking you what your take on this is, and I think mine's probably going to be fairly similar. Yes, it's a funny one, really, with Bamford. He's um he's not one that's appealed to us loads, particularly throughout the season. Um, we kind of messaged each other during the week saying that you know rather begrudgingly he was going to have to be on the radar this week simply because of that hat trick and because of his stats, really his underlying stats this season. He's massively outperforming his xG. He's um you know at the focal point of everything Leeds are doing, but neither of us have uh, you know been that complimentary about him, and we we weren't trying to get him in our team, and um, earlier in the season either. Uh, we've seen his performances over the last few years, some of which in the Premier League, some of which in the Championship, um, and you know on the eye he hasn't looked particularly great. He does miss some of the easier chances. He's massively underperformed his xG over that time. So, yeah, considering he's on our radar, I'm not talking particularly highly about him there. But um, I just think his yeah sheer number of goals to this point has kind of forced his way in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, um, you know, obviously we 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 have spoken about Bamford yeah fairly extensively, I guess, privately. So, so I guess let's let let's pose a few potential questions about him. And and I guess you know in terms of. In terms of whether we decided to put him in our team at the start of the season or not, we, I think we were, well, I mean, having watched a lot of EFL, I think my point was that Leeds will probably create chances, but not to the same volume that they might have done in, in the championship. And, you know, I was fairly confident in how Marcelo Bielsa was going to play. And, you know, you did think Leeds would be, Leeds would be fairly open. And I definitely didn't think they'd end up in some sort of relegation dogfight, but, but their success this year, for me, was always going to be, going to be down to you know, what kind of finishing they got out of Bamford or another striker. Um, and you know, based on what he did in the Championship, where, as you say, he massively underperforms his XG, I didn't have a lot of faith that he'd then convert that to, to a higher level, where you know, centre-halves are better, he might have to take chances first time, and, and, and all of that stuff. So, um, so, so far, he's he's absolutely proven, proven me wrong. Um I, but I'm still, I guess, in the back of my head, and I think, I think in yours as well, we're still debating whether we think we, whether we actually think he's any good, and whether we think he's worth getting it, getting in our teams. And, and yeah, but I, I, you know, when we were talking sort of pre-pod, um, you, you had a bit of a parallel to a conversation that we had last season about another player that, um, that, that, that you know, that is in a team that creates chances, but we don't actually think he's any good. And, 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 you know, different levels of the, of the. Uh, you know, the price point in, in FPL terms, but but perhaps you want to talk a little bit about, about Gabriel Jesus and, and Patrick Bamford. 
Yeah, well, so we, we had a bit of a conversation last year about Jesus and, and, and him massively underperforming his XG, but still scoring plenty of fantasy points given the fact that he plays through the middle for City when, when he does play. So, I mean, this, this next thing I'm about to say would almost be like if you were going to write an exam question on, um, on FPL, uh, this, is, this, is what, this is how the question would be worded, right? Um, if, do, does, does a player need to meet his XG or exceed his XG in order to be a good fantasy asset? basically you know discuss essay five marks um because what we said about jesus was he is has for years consistently underperformed his xg but my word city create loads of chances right and so if he's going to continually be starting in a pep guardiola team as number nine for man city um he he might not score as many goals as he should do but he's still going to score goals and as a fantasy asset uh, you know, as a Man City fan, that might be frustrating. But as as a fantasy asset, if you if you if you if you balance his okay, let's say he only scores half his xG, but he's getting absolutely tons more xG than any other player, then um, you know it, it, it could still get you plenty of fantasy points and be worth the money. And it's similar here for Bamford. So he's get if lead if leads are creating lots of chances, which it turns out they are. They're fourth in. in um, expected goals created from open play um, this season. And I think even higher than that, when you take penalties into account as well, maybe even second, I think it was or something um, or, or, or similar anyway. And um, yeah, th- so they are out of all teams in the Premier League. That's pretty good, especially for a promoted team. They're creating a lot of chances and whether Bamford scores as many as he should or not. I mean, at the moment it's worth saying he's actually exceeding that, right? He's, he's doing better even than the chances he's being presented with. But even if you think he might regress to the mean and, you know, return to the performances that you were concerned about that you mentioned there and, uh, you know, ultimately end up underperforming his XG this season. Is that even a problem? Because yeah, if, if, at five, obviously started at five point five, I think it was, and now he's he's, he's got he's gone upwards. He's heading towards six million. Um, but at that price, if he gets like thirty good chances this season and scores twenty of them, like you would as a as someone just ruthlessly analysing that as is Bamford a good forward or not, you'd say probably not to only score twenty out of you know if he had an xG of thirty at the end of the season, that's maybe not what you want from a, from your striker. But as a fantasy asset and um, do you want a player over the course of the season that's going to score 20 goals for 6 million um, and get you all those fantasy points? Well, yeah, probably you do. So it's a tricky one, but just to try and put the other side of the coin there of uh, all those reservations we've had about him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I, th- I think you know, our, res- our reservations are, are completely legitimate, but you know, he, he is ultimately proving us wrong. I mean, I guess one perhaps sort of final question on him before before we should move on. Um, he was five and a half million at the start of the season when other you know, players that have come from the championship, namely Ollie Watkins, but also Colin Grant, um, have come in at about six mil, Mitrovic being another one as well. Any, any, any theory as to why Bamford started the season perhaps a little bit cheaper? You know, is it perhaps just down to, because like on the face of it, as we've said, you know, we did think, hypothesise at least, that Leeds would, out of all of the newly promoted teams, create chances. Um, I guess it is it just down to 
you know Bamford's finishing or the fact that we perhaps thought Leeds might sign a, a, a more out and out striker and another goal scorer uh, any 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 idea because obviously you know, he is still just about cheaper than Watkins and I think he's now the same price as Mitrovic having with Mitrovic having had a price drop like I say I think Carl and Grant is, is six mil too so he's still cheaper he must re- represent in theory better value still than than all of those well, at the moment, obviously, on current performances, yeah, quite clearly. But, you know, the question we're asking here, I suppose, is does that does that last over the long term? So we'll have to wait and see on, on that one. But what, why he was a bit cheaper originally, you know, I imagine that the people at FPL Towers had the same reservations that we did. Um, they'd seen his performances. Yeah, maybe they obviously um, Leeds did bring in a new striker from Valencia for 30 million. So maybe you think that's um, putting Bamford's place at threat as well. Um, and uh, also Bamford, unlike some of those others you mentioned, perhaps that maybe other than Mitrovic, you know, he has some um, some FPL history. And I imagine he hasn't done particularly well in his previous appearances in, in the Premier League in terms of fantasy points. So that's probably affected the decision there slightly as well. So I think, you know, it's probably fair enough that he came in a bit a bit less than, than those others there. But he's obviously sort of redressing that now and closing the gap. Yeah, he's already got more points this season in six games than he has in his previous two FPL seasons combined. So that probably tells tells its own story. I guess we better move on, but but I guess one final shout out to, to, to the former math teacher setting an exam question, but and an essay question, but only giving five marks for it. If that's not the most Andy Case thing I've ever heard, I don't know what is. Um, well, hang on, well, hang on a second, though. I mean, it, it's not it's not about how many marks it's worth, it's just how, how long you spend on it, right? So um, if, you know, usually they say about a mark a minute, right? It just means it's a five minute essay. That's fine. Make I mean, your points, make them succinct. Maybe we could learn a thing or two. Yeah, we probably could. I don't. I don't know how many essays I've ever written in five minutes, but 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 there aren't many of them. Let's call it an extended answer and let's just leave it leave it there. Um, another player that I guess you know, we 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 could talk about at length and and we have done previously, but it does probably need to be on on our radar is is Wilf Zaha. Um, I guess for him, yeah, without repeating ourselves endlessly, we do believe that a lot of Palace's good stuff is going to go through him and they've got good fixtures and I guess is there much more to it than that yeah basically let's just keep it brief we've said it a hundred times recently Palace have got really good fixtures coming up they've got Wolves away this week so again we'll just make the point here that when we're saying on the radar we're not necessarily saying get him in this week if you haven't got him already because this this week specifically Wolves away a bit of a tricky one but then after that four twos in a row like we mentioned on the fixture difficulty rating um to explain what that was Last week, they've got Leeds, Burnley, Newcastle, West Brom, their next four games after after this week. So he is, def- he is on the radar. Palace have created a lot of chances in the last game. Um, and although we don't necessarily, not completely convinced that they're a superb attacking team, like you say, it seems like everything's going to go through him. Excellent. And then just one one last mention, I guess, for... For Diego Jota, I guess this is perhaps a bit more on the on the periphery of of our radar. Um, you scored in midweek for Liverpool in the Champions League, but uh, whether that counts for him or against him come uh, come the Premier League, I guess I guess remains to be seen. But obviously, we have mentioned before on the pod that they played a bit of a different shape with sort of four attacking players uh, in their last Premier League outing. So so if they do that again, he's likely to benefit, and he's the cheapest way into the Liverpool team or Liverpool attacking team well yeah I mean we, we talked about him a bit uh, in the top differential section of the last um, review podcast but yeah just to kind of back up what we were saying there really he, that's you know two goals in two games for him now two two goals in two starts um 
it, it might even be I, I wonder if did he is it's sort of in the back of my mind that he scored in the Champions League last week oh no that was an own goal wasn't it actually so so yeah but two goals in two games um and um he like you say 6.3 million cheap way into that Liverpool team the the biggest question mark over Jota is starts right but if we if we start to see more of a pattern of him playing more regularly um even if it's not from the start like if he's getting a good chunk of time off the bench there's still an argument really that coming into that Liverpool team he's shown he's a goal scoring threat that at 6.3 million that could still be a pretty good option I mean we've spoken of before about say Barkley at 6 million in that midfield and I think you could make make a pretty legitimate case that on Jota versus Barkley there could be an, a pretty good argument that Jota might do more in half the time or a third of the time on the pitch for Liverpool than Barkley might in on in a full game for obviously Liverpool are as radar at the moment Jota definitely yeah yeah I think um yeah, I think I, th- I, th- I think that's completely fair. You know, one of his goals already this season in the Premier League came in a cameo appearance off the bench. So um, he's got you know every every chance really of of of, of being of, of being effective. Uh, I guess I guess in in that position, and he's likely to come on potentially when either Liverpool are chasing the game or or or, or a team is chasing the game against Liverpool. So he might have the opportunity to to stretch defenses later on. Um, I think we alluded to it last time. He can be a bit greedy as well, which you know, in FPL terms, um, can, can always potentially be a bit of a, a bit of a benefit. Um, I mean, I guess is is he too expensive for not for your bench, but but for you to be risking one point every week? I suppose that's that's yeah, the the other side of the coin there, isn't it? But you got to ideally you want you want to look at it over a longer sort of time frame than that, right? So one point in any given one week is not ideal. But if he scores like one point one week, but then every other week is getting like a goal or an assist, then you know, and it's averaging out about four or five points a week, uh, you know, and across the course of a season or across the course of a few weeks, however long you have in your team, at six point three million, that's that's not bad. Fair enough. I think, uh, yeah, and I guess I guess if, if if at any point there was there was a, an injury to one of Liverpool's front front three, he'd be. Um, you know, increasingly important for them. Let's leave it there and take a quick break before uh, we don our trunks and start swimming against the tide. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FPL underscore lounge and let us know what you think. During the season, we will have new episodes out twice a week, a preview show on a Friday and a review show on a Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods so that you get the show before the all-important game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back. So in the Swimming Against the Tide section, we take a, I guess, trend in FPL that's happening this week and try to tell managers why they are wrong to do so or something along those lines. And he might be uh, a little bit, you know, not wanting to call FPL managers wrong, but, you know, I've done it now. So so we'll have to carry on. Um, interesting one this week, Andy. And we feel that this may be, um, I guess we are slightly on the fence about this one in, in terms of sort of the... Um, the morality of the decision making, but either way, we do feel it's perhaps a bit of an overreaction to something. Um, we're going to talk about Lucas Dean. I mean, I don't know what you mean by morality of the decision making, but um, I, I wouldn't accuse FPL anyone of that. Morality. 
FPL morality, right? I wouldn't accuse anyone of bad morals if they've decided to transfer out Luca Dean. But um, yeah, we're what what we're not. We I was very very surprised to see that he is the number one transferred out player this week. Um, and so it almost made it a very easy swimming against tide for us here, a very obvious decision to go for because, um, okay, obviously Luca Dean will not be able to play this week. He does have a one-match ban. But I guess the point would be it is only a one-match ban, right? And um, he is obviously someone who's got a few assists this season. Um, I think the, the most or joint most assists amongst all sort of defenders in FPL. Um Everton have got decent fixtures coming up, so you know um, he he will be able to you know make, go back to hopefully producing more of those assists in their games going forward. Um, even even the next game after this week, Man United at home, the way they've been playing in the league at the moment, I suppose the the downside for Dean is that he would concede. He, you know, wouldn't get clean sheet points if, if United do score, but you wouldn't necessarily back against him getting an assist against United either. They've not exactly looked fantastic defensively in the league so far. So, yeah, but but after that, then Fulham leads Burnley the next three after that for Everton. So um, a, a fairly decent run coming up. And I think if you've got him in your team and you're worried about the fact he's not going to play this week, just just bench him. It's, it's like one week. Hopefully you've got enough options out of your five defenders that you'll be able to play someone else. Um It'll be interesting because when we come up to our captaincy thing later, there are a lot of kind of close calls this week about um, various different players. So maybe that's affected people's decision making in that they're not exactly sure what they want to do with their defenders. So it's kind of easier just to like move one out that, you know, they definitely can't play to get someone else in to give them like a another more obvious, better option um, back there in defence. But still, free when, unless you're wildcarding, right, free transfers are precious. They're your kind of most most prized commodity in FPL. And so to kind of use one up um, on a player that will be at back and eligible again just next week seems kind of um, a step too far. Yeah, and obviously he is expensive. So like you say, if people wanting, oh, you know, maybe roll the transfer or, or a wild card thing, I, I can kind of see that you might want to free up some funds and, and Lucas Dean is, 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 a, you know, is a way to do that. But um, as of sort of one week, proposition i guess we just don't really really see see the point and i guess the point i was making about sort of you know the the, the fpl morality of the decision making was you know possibly that when before his ban got reduced it was uh it was looking like a three match ban and therefore you know we if it was a three match ban we wouldn't be sitting here swimming against the tide um but i guess this kind of ties into what we say all the time you know it was Ancelotti said almost immediately after the game that they were going to appeal the red card and they did, got the ban reduced um, by two games and I guess that's kind of, that kind of ties into what we always say which is, you know, a, a don't have, or don't sort of make irrational decisions, wait and see and as soon as the uh, as soon as the, the news come out that Everton were going to, going to appeal this there was no real incentive to to act quickly other than just waiting and see what you know, what the result of the appeal was I mean, don't get me wrong. I I am as guilty as anyone of of uh, of uh, performing a rage transfer at some point, be that in or you're obviously usually out. Um, but yeah, it isn't the most sensible thing to do. Um, it, it's generally our our uh, 
way of of acting isn't it is to be cautious and to kind of hold on there and other people take different approaches and want to avoid the price drops and things so kind of just go for it early maybe that's some people's thinking here that Luca Dean you know might well end up getting transferred out because at the time it was a three match ban and you're thinking well if he's out for three games everyone's going to get rid of him so I want to get ahead of the curve so I can kind of understand that but again just like look ride out those odd price moves during uh, fluctuations during the season and over the over the course of the season it will probably pay off for you more often than not to just kind of hold on and wait and see what happens particularly on big expensive players like that like if it, like you say if there's other assets that you've got that maybe aren't in your first 11 or you just kind of um that that they um are, are less valuable then maybe it won't hurt as much but with an expensive sort of player like this it's it's yeah it's not it's not so much of a problem and you, 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 it's going to cost you more potentially to get them back in eventually now if you end up wanting to do that. So you're kind of probably better off just waiting and seeing and that, and that would have paid off for you this week if you've done so. Agreed, especially like you say, with some of uh, Dean's fixtures coming up, they, they, they do look fairly good, especially in his next four or five. Um, after that, it does get a little bit trickier and I guess that'll be, that'll be a bit of a test for Everton when, when those fixtures come up. Um, let's move on and talk about captaincy this week. No real sort of obvious standout picks because I think a lot of the, I guess, premium sides in the Premier League have some fairly kind fixtures. So we've got a fair few, uh, a fair few players to whiz through, but we've paired a few of them up, and and I'm sure you'll explain why, Andy. So let's start with Man City away to Sheffield United, and I guess we've highlighted Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling as being the potential obvious City picks. Um, but I guess we're pairing them up because chances are you don't have both of them. Yeah, I mean, it's unlikely that I think you've probably got both both those, right? So we're saying one of, if you've got one of KDB or Sterling. To be honest, for me, this would be one of the lower down options this week. Um, we've spoken plenty about the question marks over City. Can they reproduce that kind of attacking form that they showed in the Champions League this week, um, at, you know, and, and make it happen in the league? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Will KDB even start, you know, returning from an injury? Will he start a second game in a row? I, I don't know. But um, it... It, even if he does, I'd, given that there are many other options which we're going to go through this week, I think they'd be kind of lower down my list because of the question marks. If they had a really obvious fixture that was much easier than everyone else, then that might help playing into their case for, for picking them. But again, as we're going to discuss, it's really quite, kind of close between um, some of those other teams. Um, you know, who's who's kind of got the best fixture? It, it's arguable, like in many different ways. So as City aren't a standout, you know, obviously Sheffield United away, you know, not necessarily the hardest, but particularly last season, that was a very, very tricky place to go and even score a goal, let alone get um, a result. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have them slightly lower down, I think this week. Yeah. And Sheffield United obviously had a, had a, had a good performance last week uh, against Liverpool. Um, talking of Liverpool, another pair that perhaps we might put, a, might have a, a bit more faith in this week. Um, Salah and Mane are home to West Ham. Um, again, paired them up because I guess it's unlikely that you have both, although I guess some may have doubled up on Liverpool. Yeah, um, I guess some, some may have done it. I, I came close to it last week when um, I, I kind of went for, for Sterling in the end and I was very tempted to kind of get the double up and get Mane in. But um, I think it's just, you know, West Ham have been decent at the back so far this season. That's kind of the downside here. I think they're... What are they? Um, fifth in expected goals conceded. So, as in, you know, they've conceded the fifth, fifth fewest expected goals um, in the Premier League this season. So, so they're they're doing pretty well on that front. They've obviously had some some decent results, and that um, that would maybe be your 
your your kind of only worry there really you know Salah looked really good last week obviously Mane got an assist um they are at home again Liverpool so that that's a plus for them um and yeah as ever we're 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 not really breaking any ground again listen to us broken record we've mentioned Salah and Mane in the captaincy segment I guess um you know this is a question that that, that again I think I think I posed you earlier um if you had to pick one and you have both of them I guess which way would you go and, and I'm assuming that the answer to this would be Mane, if you want a differential, Salah, if you want the sort of higher floor. Yeah, basically, when you say higher floor, it's because, you know, Salah's more like, I guess, arguably more consistent, although Mane's probably done, been a bit more consistent in terms of fantasy points this season. We, I think, we, again, we've said it before, Salah's on pens, so I'd probably go him if I've got to pick one of the two. as a safer pick. Another final pair then. I guess this, this pair is probably the most common that FPL managers might have doubled up on, uh, Kane and Son home to Brighton um I mean separate these two yeah this is this is a tricky one so but but I mean obviously just generally if you've got one of these players um you know Tottenham have been scoring lots of goals although um it's it's I was very surprised actually to see that Brighton are um a third in that list I was talking about before so they've conceded the, their expected goals conceded is the third fewest of uh, of everyone in the league so it's kind of the third best defense they've conceded the fewest you know good goal scoring third fewest got good goal scoring opportunities um in the league of all teams um so that might suggest um that that um Kane and Son might have it a little bit harder this week but they are at home and obviously they've been creating all kinds of chances um Tottenham and, and obviously scoring plenty of goals uh they're um they're second for um expected goals kind of created in open play so yeah we di- on paper at least a decent defense against a very very potent attack so i would if i was gonna if i had both for whatever reason and i'd oh, there's it's a tricky one really really tricky i'd maybe lean towards son just because he gets the extra point for the goal but then everything we've said earlier in the season about penalties and stuff obviously kind of canes on penalties and he's still getting to get assist points so yeah tr- tricky one there yeah, didn't start tonight in the in the Europa League, but uh, Son ended up coming off the bench at half time. Kane after 58 minutes, so, so they have played. Um, I guess probably were were more used than perhaps Jose Mourinho would have wanted, um, just based on the fact that Tottenham were losing and did end up end up losing. So, so yeah, perhaps not the most ideal preparation, but but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I as a, as a, as someone that does own both. Not a clue which one I'll end up uh, captaining, if 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 at all. So, so yeah, bit a bit of a tricky one. Um, and yeah, I think it's interesting that point you make about sort of Brighton and West Ham actually um, sort of being being high in the not conceding good opportunities, considering they both play um, three five two. Uh, I wonder if that's got anything to do to do with that, and, and maybe that's something we could maybe look at for for a future pod because. You know, in in the same way that we were kind of always target Fulham, perhaps it's you know, don't target the, the three five two. Although, ironically, at the start of the season, Fulham were playing three five two, just not particularly well. Um, we've got a few more uh, individual picks then that that, that aren't really aren't, aren't really coming in pairs. Um, so let's start with with Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about why he might not be the greatest captaincy um, prospect. Um, with Richarlison out, we saw a stat in midweek, which was something along, along the lines of Everton haven't won with Richarlison out of the side since 2018. Um, but away to Newcastle this week does look like a fairly good prospect for DCL. Well, yeah. Um, so uh, Newcastle are um, second in the most shots in the box conceded this season. They've also conceded um, 
quite a lot of ex- I think they're fourth in expected goals conceded as well. So obviously I've been going through a lot of stats in this uh, in this captaincy section, but it's to try and I guess highlight the because we're saying that the fixtures are very sort of close between all these teams that you might pick your captain out of. I guess I'm trying to throw the stats in there to just add that little bit of extra reasoning as to to help you. I guess try and think what what might be. Um, you know, uh, uh, a deciding factor in how to choose a captain. The downside for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, so those stats look great in terms of playing Newcastle. They've conceded a lot of chances and a lot of shots so far this season. But like we said, we've swimming against the tide with Dominic Calvert-Lewin last week. He hasn't got Richarlison, still won't have him there. So James obviously did play last weekend, might play again. There's still question marks apparently kind of over his fitness, not 100% sure. But even if he does, that balance was kind of lost a little bit. And obviously Everton did look a lot less creative without their full sort of quota of the front three. So that would be a slight concern. And obviously no Luca Dean as well. So that side is going to be significantly less creative for Everton this week. And that would that would raise question marks for me over, um, you know, again, who's going to provide for, for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And then finally, uh, Jamie Vardy having a party, potentially away at Leeds, big night out in Leeds for Jamie. Uh, potentially this weekend, uh, although it is Monday night, so not sure what will be open, um, especially with the pub shutting at ten. I think I think Jamie might be might be really struggling, um, but potential for, for you know he's fit again. Potential for, for for some returns. Leeds are notoriously you know a very open side. You know as uh, as good as they are attacking. Um, you know especially with some of the injuries that they've got are are, are prone to are prone to conceding. So um, potential for for him this weekend to ha- to have a fairly fairly good one. Yeah, well, um, I don't think coronavirus is bad for, for Jamie Vardy, was it? I don't think, you know, they're in either, what, tier two or tier three or something, Leeds at the moment. So not going to be many bars for him to go in. Although, you know, he does like a house party famously. So may, maybe, but then, you know, he's limited numbers there, isn't he, as well? So I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of the football, yes, the uh, it, it could be it could be quite a uh, profitable night for Jamie Vardy, potentially. He, the only team to have conceded more shots in the box this season than Newcastle is Leeds United. And I think it's funny because there was a lot of people, I'm going to say this phrase, banging on about how great Leeds were defensively last season and how low their XG conceded was in the championship and how good it was over the last four years or whatever. But, you know, you're playing with the big boys now, Leeds. You're in the Premier League. All right, you might be getting loads of goals going forward, but it looks like you're um, conceding quite a few opportunities the other direction as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they're they're conceding a lot of shots. They've had a lot of, um, you know, on on paper, a lot of expected goals against as well. Um, And um, so, so Vardy, if he, I think an interesting point, which also helps the Vardy argument is that we've been speaking about his kind of calf injury or or whatever it is that he's had. And he didn't start the last league game, but he did start in the Europa League tonight, scored a penalty um, and importantly came off after 70 minutes. So that suggests to me, Brendan Rodgers trying to get him some match time, you know, obviously not the full 90 minutes to completely kind of wear out his injured leg, but enough to kind of say, right, you're back up to match fitness now, but we're still giving you a bit of a rest, taking you off with 20 minutes to go so that you're fully fit and ready to go from the start um, in this weekend's game. So I, I would expect to see him starting, which is obviously, a, you know, a massive uh, plus in, in, in whether you want to captain him or not. Yeah. And it was, you know, by no means less a sort of, you know, Done and dusted tonight. Either when when Vardy came off, the game was sort of well in the balance. So, so yeah, obviously, obviously, Rogers seems to seems to have a bit of an eye on an eye on the weekend and and an important Premier League game. Um, let's finish then with our game that we call "Who the heck is Stat?" For those that don't know, 
every week, Andy and I pick, uh, pick, a, pick a player. We alternate weeks, and we have five guesses to guess that player. Uh, the player must be owned by at least 5% of FPL managers. If we guess it correctly after the first clue, we get five points. After the second clue, four points, and so on and so forth. Um, we have been told that people like playing along with us at home. So in order to facilitate that more, we're going to change things up, Andy, a, a little bit this week. Uh, would you like to explain what the what, what the change is? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, I guess, shout out to Tom McDermott here for uh, his suggestion um, that, to improve our game. And we're going to give it a go. We haven't, we haven't been able to obviously trial it in this format yet. So you know, stick with us if, if it doesn't quite work as smoothly as it has done in the past. But yeah, we're, we've we've mentioned it um, before we heard from Tom about this potential tweak uh, that before, that we were conscious, we were aware that with people playing along at home, if one of us gets it early like Chris, the annoying so-and-so that he is getting it on the first clue last week, it can kind of ruin it, right? Because then when he got it, I said straight away, yes, obviously you've got it. And then the people at home can't, uh, you know, carry on playing along and listening to the clues and, and trying to work it out for themselves. So we've, with the help of Tom, we've introduced a new element to the game, uh, which is sort of a stick or twist element. So um, as it's Chris for me this week, when I'm guessing, Chris will not tell me whether I'm right or wrong after each clue. He'll just give me the opportunity to stick or twist. And then I can either stick with the player I'd originally guessed or move to a different one. Now I've got this new clue and this new piece of information. If I do twist, I will, you know, lose the go down to the number of points that that clue represents. So, for example, on Chris's uh, last week, he would have got five points for guessing Jorginho and then sticking with him throughout all five clues. If at any point he'd moved off Jorginho, uh, then and by the end he was still not back to Jorginho, then obviously that would have been he wouldn't have got any points. But chances are, because the final clue is obviously usually quite straightforward there, um, that he probably would have by that last clue gone back to Jorginho, but he would only get the one point or two points, whatever it was, at whatever stage he moved back um, and decided to stick with Jorginho. Um, so that's the premise. Obviously, a little bit longer and a little bit harder to to explain than kind of our original format, but essentially like a stick or twist there. And hopefully uh, you'll get it as we go along and, and, and it'll work. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right. Well, in that case, then, Andy, as it is me picking for you, are, are you ready for your first clue? Oh, I've done. Do you know what? I've done absolutely zero. I told myself last week after you smashed a five, right, I better have a little look around of all the players, just look up some stats and whatever for the play game. Haven't done that at all. A little, a little thing called work got in the way. You know, I had to actually do some work and earn some money. So, yeah, um, I, I'm ready, but I'm not feeling as confident as I wanted to. So let's go. Okay. Well, fingers, fingers crossed. This, this isn't, this isn't too bad. So first clue then. This player has more bonus points than appearances this season. And he just rolled his eyes at me. <sighs> because that is, that is flipping brutal, right? So it's someone who hasn't played very much but like did they play early on and get injured have they only just come back into the team more bonus points than appearances this season <sighs> that is difficult okay just because he's on my mind and we spoke about him in the last review show uh i'm gonna i'm gonna start with Riedervald. okay cool um, oh, yeah, actually, don't... no, actually, no, 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 no. I'm not starting with him because he's not 5% owned, is he? Uh, we... No, he wasn't. No. And, and, and I, I mean, I can tell you now it's not him. So you can you, you can crack on and, get, and have, a, have another go. I just remembered from our top differential segment last time, he's obviously not 5% owned. So, uh, so no, can't be him. So scrap that. 
I mean, more. So it's it's someone who's obviously like played one game and um, or you know just a couple of games probably and um, got plenty of of bonus points. You'd think. I mean, I suppose it, it's it's possible that someone like a Calvert Lewin smashed absolutely tons of bonus points because of all the goals and things he scored. And he's only got you know there's three bonus points available in a game. Um, and so if he's got three a couple of times at six and he's maybe only had five appearances or six appearances or whatever. So. Yeah, I suppose it could be someone who scored a ton of points like that, which would which would bring all kinds of people into it. You got your Sons and your Canes and everyone. So this this is quite tricky. Um, okay. Um, I don't even know where to go, where to even go to start with this one. More bonus points than. I guess I'm trying to think of a player who hasn't played much, but when they did play, got plenty of points. Okay. Again, this might just be because he's in my mind because we've just spoken about him. I can't remember if we've maybe had him this season already or when we, or not, but... If we've um, had him, I will tell you to pick again because that's silly. I'm Because cause I know he he missed a game at least one, and he's scored a few goals this season. I'm going to go for Jamie Vardy. Let me just check. He, I think he was one we did in, in, in one of the practices last year. In fact, he was, because my final clue when we were giving this a go last year was if this player were to have a party, he may be tempted <laughs> to bring around a bottle of Russian Standard and a powdery white substance. But yeah, not one of the ones from this season. Um, okay. I mean, this isn't so, going well so far about the whole letting people play along at home thing because you've just you've ruled out two people. Oh already. yeah, I haven't. They I might guess, have. You, they might have guessed. So well, this, no, is, this is a cracking start. No, I said that it wasn't one that we've already had this year. So. Yeah, but you said it was anyway. Okay, look, right. look people, people are anyway. people are switching off and and get unsubscribing as we speak. So I'm just gonna have to pluck a player and. Um, we're going to have to go with it. So, um, let's say Hyun Ming Son. Okay. I guess you're ready. For, I don't need to ask you whether your signal twisting because it's clue one. So, let's yep. go straight to clue two. This player's price is yet to increase or decrease this season. But last year, his price was one million higher at season end than when he started. Mate, these are absolutely brutal, absolutely brutal clues. Okay, um, so price hasn't gone up or down yet. So I mean, it's obviously not Son. So obviously, I will be twisting. Um, uh, hasn't gone up or down yet. Did end a million more. A million more. It's quite quite an increase uh, at the end of last season. Okay. I'm trying. I mean, Neil Mapai came into my mind in in terms of someone who might have more bonus points because he scored a few penalties and things. But then he, I can't see him going up a full million last year. Um, hasn't gone up at all this year. Maybe Mapai might have gone up this year as well. Um, so it hasn't changed in price at all. Hmm. Yeah, this is. I am struggling here. Um, and to have gone up a full million last season. 
Okay. I mean, oh no, but then that I was I was thinking Grealish, but that but he's definitely gone up in price. Oof, this is this is tricky. Someone who's not. I suppose it could be. There's him and there's an Ings who I think both started at 8.5 and finished at 8.5. I think Ings Ings went went up way more than a mil in the end though, did he? Um, at the end of last season, so it could be Jimenez, I suppose. Um, but then would he have more bonus points and appearances? Okay, let's just for the sake of moving on with this, let's say Raúl Jimenez. Raúl Jimenez. Okay. Uh, clue three. This player is only in his second FPL season and is currently on pace to more than double his output from last season. Only his second FPL season. Okay. I mean, there's obviously someone like Bruno who he he didn't get a full season last season so he could he could sort of be on the same pace as he was last season and end up doubling his points because he plays double the number of games um not sure what his bonuses would be like though particularly compared to appearances because he's played most if not all games um i suppose uh who else could there be that it would be only their second season. Um, Bergvine at Spurs. This is this is getting a bit tenuous now, though. Um, I just wonder if there's any Leicester players I'm sort of not thinking about. Uh, I suppose Chelsea, like Pulisic, but then he's not done anywhere near as well this season as he has last year so far. I mean, Bruno might have gone up a million last year. He could have gone up more than a million, to be fair, though. That's a problem for him. Um, I'd, I'd imagine he's probably not had a price rise. Is it worth losing a potential point over there and not sticking with... But then it must be Jimenez's third season, so probably best not sticking with him. Yeah, so I'm going to have to twist. Okay, I'm going to have to twist, and I'm going to say Bruno. Okay, clue four. This player is his club's most expensive FPL asset, has scored more FPL points than any of his teammates, and is selected in more FPL squads than any of his teammates. Would you like to stick or twist? Okay, so that is making me want to stick quite significantly, making me want to stick. I think he is the most expensive Man United player. I wonder if Rashford might have more points than him now, though, because Rashford scored a hell of a lot of points in the last couple of games. Uh, but then Bruno's been involved. So, but then how many bonuses would Bruno have? This is this is a big thing I'm concerned about. Is he? Um, has he got more bonuses than appearances this season? I just can't, I think he must have played in every game. So that's five. So I suppose he'd he'd only need sit only need six. And he did, he scored a few goals, made a few assists, so I guess it's possible. Um, okay, so what was the three things on this clue? It was most uh, expensive, scored more points. And selected in more squads. Most selected. That could easily be Bruno as well. Okay, I'm going I'm to stick. Okay, and then the final clue. This player has scored 11 FPL goals ever 
registered 10 FPL assists ever and is £2.5 million more expensive this season than when he started the last. Okay, well, this is definitely making me want to stick then. I think he was 10.5. We spoke about him at the start of the season in terms of the stats we eye test and was he worth that increase. Was it eight? Oh, God, must have been eight he started on then last year. That sounds a bit low, but it was ten and a half, I think, this year he started on. So, um, 11 and 10 it sounds feasible. That could, that could, that's numbers he could have got. If anything, I might have actually guessed slightly more, but that, that sounds, that sounds, it fits with that other clue about on pace for double the points because he only played half of last season. So, I think I'm going to stick with, although this is probably one of the least easy final clues we've ever had i'd maybe i'd i'd say but i'm I'm still gonna stick with bruno well you get three points aha uh-huh. it was okay. bruno fernandez so yeah uh yeah interesting i yeah i think obviously the first clue is always always a bit of a bit of a bit of a tricky one but um yeah i kind of hope that you'd think maybe that uh, well you got there in the end but obviously united have played less games so only in inverted commas need six um, bonus points. Um, I mean, obviously, his price yet to increase or decrease is, is is neither here nor there. But that did rule out a lot of big players, I guess, for you, the Sons, the Grealishes, etc. Um, and yeah, yeah that, that, that that did help. That that did help. Um, and then yeah, obviously, his price last year being one million higher um, in, you know, implies kind of what a, I guess at that point you were, probably, you were probably still thinking along over the course of a whole season rather than just half that Bruno yeah. played. But but there we go. Um, yeah, second of the FPL season, uh, currently on pace to more than double his output. Obviously, that's related to the fact that it's only half a season for him. And, and then, yeah, I think by clue four, you'd basically basically got it. Um, or we're basically you know, 95% sure. So, so there you go. Three points for you. I like the format. I like the format. I guess it will just uh, makes the pod longer. But, but, but so be it. You know, everyone with their long commutes while working from home will just have to fit it into their busy, busy lives and busy schedules, but, but, but so be it, so be it. Um, well, it's, it's worked, it's worked this week, I think, definitely there, yeah, because obviously, I, um, but I suppose I might have ruined it for people by by going through my thinking about Bruno and, and, and influencing their own thinking, possibly, but no, I think, I think, I think hopefully that, that sort of worked, but anyway, I mean, let us know what you think. Yeah, I mean, I think what I'm most ex- excited for is when it's my turn next week and I think I've got it after clue one and then doubt myself for the rest of the thing and end up with one point. So that's, that's what I'm that's what I'm excited for. This is <laughs> this is this is Andy's way of clawing back my lead because he just knows that that, that, that I'm going to have crippling self-doubt for, 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 for the rest of the season on who the heck is stat. Anyway, as he says, let us know what you think of the new format. Uh, hopefully those that, of you that do play along at home um like it uh but obviously let us know and not not just that let us know what your team is looking like ahead of the fpl deadline a reminder again that that is 6 30 p.m tomorrow evening that's friday evening um other than that andy how else can people interact with us well you can find us on twitter or instagram at fpl underscore lounge and yeah like i say do let us know um particularly what you think about that that new feature the stick or twist but also what you're doing with your teams this week has anything we've said in other segments been helpful or not would you like to hear more about other stuff um yeah we we're we're interested to know and obviously like we say we've had a listener reach out to us this week and in quite a helpful way so always keen for feedback excellent and yeah obviously 
please do remember to like, uh, subscribe, rate, and leave comments uh, wherever you get your podcasts. It all helps in in those wonderful, wonderful algorithms. Andy knows so much about algorithms, being a former math teacher. Um, and hopefully next week, he'll be able to set everyone an exam question on it that's only worth five marks. Um, but other than that, until then, uh, Andy? Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.